The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the Sport of Kings. Thanks so much for taking your time to be with us. Big role for Winning Ponies. We hope you've been on board. And if not, it's never too late to jump on board. We're not just an Internet program, which is all exciting. We're talking horses. We're hopingly preparing you to drive you for the weekend. It's coming. Just, just hold on just a little bit longer. Big weekend coming. Labor Day. America's Day at the Races. Always a fun time to be there. A lot of things coming to a head, which usually marks the end of summer. So, Labor Day's already here. Where did summer go? We're not just an Internet program. We're an all-purpose data site. Check us out at www.winningponies.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook. The predictions slash data, they're called predictions. Free selections, like that. Anybody likes that. Free selections, results, testimonials, blogs, news from the world of racing. So check it out because you can't win it unless you get in it. $7.4 million in exotic payouts a year to date. Pretty smoking white knuckle hot. And it's just not a radio show. It is a full-service, one-stop shop. That's how I stumbled upon them. It's been 08. I cannot believe it. Oh, wait, and they've been tolerating me ever since. What nice guys. What's happening tonight? we got some stories, recap, biggins. Our second segment is an all-Ohio weekend where I work. It's our premier races. And Winning Ponies does very well with the Ohio circuit. So it's an all-Ohio weekend here. Special guest this week going to be Turp Publicist President, regular contributor, his guest, Mr. John Engelhart, you hear him quite a bit. Very well-spoken. Great handicapper. Some of the wonderful guests. We put our heads together, and I listen to what John has to say, as he has many, many connections over the years of racing. I believe it's been 28 years he's been in his current duties at River Downs. But we'll talk with him in a little bit. Also joining us to make it more All-Ohio, is going to be Mr. John Patrick McDoolan, Daily Racing Forum columnist who covers the Ohio Circuit, Presque Isle, Indiana. John's quite a writer, Equibase chart caller, announcer, and a good guy for racing. Also puts the races together. We're going to be chatting with John McDoolan at the bottom of the hour. A little final, final furlong handicapping. That's if we can squeeze it in. 
because we get a whole lot to do tonight. And a whole lot is coming your way right now as we do a little recap from last week. Saratoga, August 28th, race 8, the Boston Spa. Grade 2 event, mile 16th on the inner turf. Dinosaur, the 7, was the winner. Abarcoa wins by a half a length. Lugged in a bit down the lane, 1760 to win for Seth Benzel. Saratoga, race 10, August 28th, a ballerina, grade 1, 7 on the dirt. I love 7 panel races. Winning the race from the rail. The one, rightly so, Cornelio Velasquez wins by four lengths. Strong hand urging here. 11.40 to win for Tony Dutro. Tony was slated to have one hell of a day. 11th at Saratoga, the King's Bishop. Grade one, seven on the dirt. Love seven panels. Speed, closers, they all get a chance there. Winner of the King's Bishop is the four. Discreetly mined, John Velasquez wins by a length and a quarter. Weakening late, but hanging on. 4-10 to win for Todd Pletcher. What a team these guys make. Race 12, the Travers. Midsummer's Derby, grade one, a mile and a quarter on the dirt. A million up for grabs. Winner is a Fleet Express. Javier Castellano wins by a dirty nose. Between the 316th pole, rallied and held on late. 16 even to win for James Jerkin, son of the giant killer. We'll call him the little giant killer. And then we go on to Delmar, race four, the Delmar Handicap, grade two, a mile on the turf. Winner of the six, Joel Rosario, aboard Enriched. Wins by three parts of a length, 640 to win for Doug O'Neill. Race eight, Pacific Classic, presented by TVG, a grade one, mile and a quarter on the all-weather surface. Winner is the six, Richard's kid, Mike Smith, aboard. Wins by three parts of a length, five wide into the lane, Rallying and thundering home, 11.60 to win for Bullet Bob Baffert. Race 9, Saratoga. Missed this one here, and I'm not going to miss it because Bullet Bob Baffert got me thinking here. He correct me swiftly. Race 9 of Saratoga taking a step back was the victory ride. Six on the dirt, $100,000 up for grabs. What are the three rapport? Martin Garcia. You know him as the regular rider of looking at Lucky. Wins by three and a half lengths. Surrounds from the quarter pole and clear. 690 to win. That's right, 690. Thank goodness for that nickel breakage. Bullet Bob Baffert is the trainer. So I left it out there. Bob would have nothing but sweet things to say if I missed that one. Delmar race 10. The Pat O'Brien stakes grade one seven on the all-weather. Winners the 10, El Brujo. Joel Rosario wins by half a length. Drifted in, held gamely. 960 to win for, once again, Bullet Bob Baffert. Monmouth Park, race 10. The restoration stakes a mile and eighth on the turf. Winner is the six, Teeks North, Jose Valdivia. Wins by a length three wide in the lane, rallying 2460 to win for Justin Sausalito. Very nice. Very nice. Congratulations there, Justin. Monmouth, race 11, the Miss Woodford, six on the dirt. Winner of the eight, my Irish girl, Israel Ocampo. Wins by two and three parts. Four wide on the turn. Paying 880 to win for Brad Cox. Nice payday there. Tenth race at Thistle Downs. The Rose DeBartolo Memorial Stakes a mile and eighth on the dirt. Winner goes to the four. Slides choice. Jason Lumpkins in the saddle. Wins by a neck. Match drives gamely. Paying 460 to win for Tim Ham. Tim Ham. We'll talk about him a little bit later. What a trainer. We've had him on as a guest. Nice guy. Woodbine, race eight. The Ontario Colleen Stakes, a mile on the turf. Winner is the one. Barracks Road. Corey Frazier 
in the saddle, wins by a length in three parts. Speed kept to pressure all the way around. $20.50 to win for Mark Cassie. There you get it. That's a little recap of last week's action. A little bit of news throwing your way here because we're going to be jumping out to, I see my compadre is on hold. We'll be jumping out. He's going to be our special guest of the week, Mr. John Collins Englehart. I think he's making me up a little something special for lunch tomorrow, he said. We'll get to that a little later, too. Trust you me, we're going to get to that later. A little bit of news from around the nation. Ken Theros, injured and retired. Two-time graded stakes winner, leading juvenile. Ken Theros suffered a career-ending leg fracture earlier this week, galloping out, following a routine workout. Magnificent athlete, according to Jess Jackson. Ken Theros really looked the part to me, and I was really getting excited. So if you really liked Ken Theros, I think now you have to follow suit with Lou Brissy. Naira releases a 30-day comparison for the spa. The spa declined 5.3 on track, down 6% for the first 30 days of the meet, eh, comparable to 30 days a year ago. Hmm. I kind of scratched my head there. Attendance for the 30 days was 667,000 people compared with 704. Now, when the spa loses people, what is next? little something here. Santa Anita mooses fall meet to Hollywood Park. Hollywood Park will host the Oak Tree meeting, traditionally run as Santa Anita, beginning September 30th. Why? Why, you say? The Oak Tree Association decided to move its home since 69 to Arcadia Cross Town Hollywood Park because of uncertainty of the condition of the main track. Hmm, that'll be about the time when they're going to be taking up the synthetic oval and replacing it with good old Mother Nature dirt. Here's a little something. Let there be light. Gulfstream plans to add lights before next week. Gulfstream Park in Florida plans to install lights at the track prior to the opening of the 2011 meet in early January. Despite a law that prohibits thoroughbred tracks from running a race after 7 o'clock. MI Developments on the move. They're doing things. They're going back to old school. Magna, just when you had your head scratching, said, what the heck's going on here? Let there be light, and they're taking up the synthetic oval. Kind of looking forward to that. Here's some good news. Rafael Bejarana released from hospital after fall. He was released after riding the stakes, and he suffered only bumps and bruises when he was dislodged from his mount early in the third race at Del Mar. It was August 29th. Expected to arrive when racing resumes at Del Mar September 1. And you can better believe this guy is as tough as a nickel steak. The 28-year-old Peruvian rider, second by one win to Joel Rosario. And he's had a couple days down. John Engelhardt will tell you a little bit about Rafael Bejarano. Saw him when he actually, actually was on horseback. He was in Kentucky. He was a bug rider. And I saw him. And I said something to my friend that I'll probably regret for quite a while. I said, this guy doesn't look that good in the saddle. What in the hell was I thinking about? Bejarano. <laughs> Boy, did I miss that one by a mile. Not many people will call themselves out on a real stupid thing to say, but that, that goes down. Bullet fires blank in Germany. Overdose's unbeaten 14-race streak was ended when the sprint star known as the Budapest Bullet suffered defeat in the Goldine Pachisch at Baden-Baden in Germany. 
Five-year-old had overcome foot troubles to win twice since his return earlier in the season. Got very worked up before the start. He refused to enter stalls. He was a little shaky. Just didn't do it. I like this one here. Jay Hovde. He says as a credentialed member of the racing media, he was given the opportunity to preview Secretary, one of the several showings. The Disney movie starring Diane Lane and John Malkovich, scheduled to be released on October 8th. I am already chomping at the bit on this one. He said he didn't want to like spoil the surprise for himself or anyone else. But he said he's deeply convict- conflicted, not convicted, conflicted, two different things, two separately things. Since two of his respected colleagues, Dick Girardi, the Philadelphia Inquirer, I believe, and Jay Pribman, good friend of John Englehart, supposedly turn up in a press conference scenes playing reporters. Jay Hubby, if you're ever reading his articles, they're always great. But he is already hunting out the Disney movie coming out on October 8th. In a nutshell, real quick, Andy Beyer, he's starting to scratch his head about Rachel Alexandra. Is she what she used to be? Is the old gal what she used to be? Many people are scratching their heads. I as well. I have to join that club. Let's hope for the best. Well, it is time to head to a break, and when we return, we're going to be talking with my good friend, Mr. John Collins Englehart. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here for more Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. PM Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. Thank you for taking time to be with us each and every Thursday. As we talk about the Sporty Kings, it's our second segment of Winning Ponies Honored and pleased to have back on regular contributor, president of the Turp Publicist, longtime publicity director. Not going to tell you how long because he'll slap me. <laughs> a man whose on-air TV show has drawn national acclaim. He's been a genuine, caring person for the sport overall and all those involved. Mr. John Collins Engelhardt. Johnny, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And as you know, every, everything is seven degrees from River Downs. And as I listen to your show... I, you know, even though you're talking things on a national basis, it all comes back to Cincinnati. I'll start with Rafael Bayarano. So happy to hear that Ralphie's making a comeback and uh, he's going to be fine. But uh, I just got a phone call a half an hour ago from the guy that beat Rafael Bayarano in the standings at River Downs during their apprentice year. Who would that be? Their apprentice year, John McKee. John McKee just called me. He's returning to the saddle on Saturday. As you know, he was involved in an incident that uh, his leg got pretty well banged up uh, from a trailing horse. He's been off for about two and a half to three months, but he was pleased as punch to say that he's going to be making his comeback at Ellis Park this Saturday. So great for uh, John and Raphael, two great guys that cut their teeth uh, at the Cincinnati Oval. And uh, speaking of uh, Cincinnati riders, uh, one of the stars of the Secretariat movie will be none other than the guy playing Ron Turcott, who is going to be Otto Thorworth, who was riding at River Downs at the time. I was lucky enough to bring him the script down. I told him to get his butt down to where the audition was, and it's worked out great for him. Since then, he's retired from uh, from riding, and he's up for as many as three acting parts in Hollywood. Now, as I always say, you like apples? How about those apples? <laughs> I, dri- I dribble up the court a little bit. I threw it behind my back. And thinking I really did something, this guy takes it around his back, goes the other length of the court, comes back down and slam dunks it. Those are some interesting, interesting points. I mean, a lot happens at this little oval, Johnny. And, uh, you know, we've we both been blessed with working there. You've worked there. Uh, I'm never going to say exactly how long because I'll let you say that if you want to. Well, um, uh, it would be 28 years completed. 20 years completed, and we're just about there. we got a big weekend at the Downs with both our stakes, and we have a blue-collar hero vying for another achievement. But before we get into that, John, you're quite a bit of a historian, and River Downs has been in existence since 1925, and 
you being that historian of sorts, and I, and I say that with tongue-in-cheek, you're, you're very versed in what's happened there. There have been a lot of many, many great horses, riders, and trainers who conducted their business at our little oval in Ohio. Yes, absolutely. Uh, starting out with, uh, with Steve Coffin, of course, uh, in my era, uh, 1976, May 17th, uh, you know, Red Pipe, uh, you know, launched his uh, career. And uh, then, of course, you know, if you go back to the earliest days, the first horse to even step on the track uh, at River Downs was Black Gold. And uh, uh, Hall of Famers uh, such as uh, Discovery and Exterminator and Crusader uh, all uh, raced at River Downs. What amazes me, Ed, if you go back and look at the, the track record for a mile and a quarter at River Downs, it's held by Crusader, who ran back in the 1920s. I mean, they were still wearing steel-plated shoes back then. How good was this horse <laughs> that he still holds the track record some 80 years later? So, yeah, we've had more than our fair share. And, of course, in modern days, uh, you know, guys like, uh, you know, John McKee and Rafael Bayerano have come out and, you know, become, uh, you know, top riders at uh, the places where the, they've uh, hung their tack. Uh, it's kind of exciting. And, you know, you just never know who's going to pop out of there. I mean, later we're going we're gonna to obviously uh, talk about the Budweiser Select Cradle Stakes, and you think about the careers of some great horses uh, that that race has launched. Obviously, uh, you know, Horse of the Year, Spend a Buck, uh, two Kentucky Derby runner, runners up. Um, and then and he was uh, a Derby winner. A Canadian Horse of the Year, Peaks and Valleys. Bellamy Road, Highlands Holiday, the list goes on. And just out of the last two years, we've had some really nice horses like Bourbon Bay and Gleam of Hope. So you know, for a track its size uh, and its proximity, it's, it's really done well over the years historically. And I was watching something on Legends last night on TVG, and Angel Cordero was riding a little runner by the name of Spendabuck in the Derby. Ah, oh, man, that's right. I, I think he still holds <laughs> the record for the fastest six furlongs of any horse to win the Derby. It was really neat, and uh, when you mentioned that, it just kind of dinged back, and I was like, oh, yep, there was a derby winner out of there. John, we got ourselves a blue-collar hero down there. And, I mean, when I say down there, that's Little River Downs, beautiful little oval, very picturesque. A man of very few words, Perry Utes, who lets his riding do his talking, is approaching yet another milestone for this 56-year-old teenager. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, we've only got four days left in the meet, and this is really outside of the Bassinet and Cradle. This is going to give us something to watch because Perry is eight wins away from becoming the all-time leading rider for a summer meet at River Downs. Now, he's won 23 individual titles. He's won more races at the track than anybody, but he's eight wins away of saying that nobody has ever won more races during a summer. And what's phenomenal, that is, if you do the math, you know, back in the day, there, there were years where River Downs raced six days a week, nine races a day. You know, now with the 7-7 seven and seven program, uh, the opportunities are fewer and far between with a five-day week and only a seven-race card for the most part during the summer. So it really is a, a, a testimony to this guy's stamina. He's uh, 56 years old, and right now he's on top, I believe, an unbelievable 49 wins away from the second-place jockey. So everybody's going to be in Perry's corner. They're going to be rooting for him. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, he's riding a hunchbed of yours in the bassinet and uh, tater-tauner. <laughs> you know what, when you, you alluding to that very quickly, John is uh, preparing me. In addition to being uh, a master photographer, uh, I 
publicity director extraordinaire, turf publicist. He's stop a it, great stop, stop. chef. I, I, no, 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 potatoes, okay? I, right no, 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 no. I want, I want to know what is coming up tomorrow. <laughs> well, my my famous potatoes, Collins, a uh, recipe that was handed down by my my father, Chubby Engelhart, uh, will, will be coming your way for all the lunches and dinners you've taken me out to this season, Ed. That sounds like a winner. Johnny, back to it, and we've traveled uh, separately, and uh, and we've also seen just one that you worked at together. We traveled to more than a few tracks uh, in our in our bucket list here, and there's some gorgeous venues out there. As a fan, would you include River Downs on your quote bucket list of tracks to visit? Absolutely, and you know you you can ask any turf rider that comes to the track a lot of times we'll get you know during derby week sometimes there'd be a little you know lull and things and turf riders would come up from across the country and come to river downs and you know to a man they all say wow this is one of the prettiest tracks i have ever been to you know you look at our purse structure and you just kind of wonder what's the rest of the track like obviously we don't compete with with the, the big dogs but uh, it, it's a pristine facility. Its sight lines are fantastic. The turf course has been hailed by the likes of Lafitte Pinkai as one of the best, not one of, the best turf course he ever rode on. So, uh, yeah, I think anybody that's out there that, you know, we're not far from Kentucky. You could just about, well, a guy with your arm could probably throw a softball across the river uh, and, and hit uh, Kentucky. So, you know, we're not that far away. And uh, so if somebody's, you know, going to be going to the tracks in Kentucky during the spring, they really should stop by and see us. I agree. It, it is beautiful, and uh, in a way, we're spoiled that uh, you know sometimes you just you just kind of take it for granted. But you look over and you see the river, the trees, the rolling hills of Kentucky. It's one of a kind. John, I've had the pleasure of doing radio and TV with you, and on your handicapping show, which uh, which is a whole lot of fun. It's very educational, and it is a lot of fun. Nothing is taken seriously except for the handicapping and trying to educate fans uh, on a, on a very fun and easy and very interactive basis. As a handicapper, is there anything that you look for, any one or two things you look for as a handicapper that kind of jump out in John Engelhardt's mind? Well, first of all, I kind of stick to my knitting. I don't go into a simulcast palace and start looking for the next horse going in a starting gate. Um, I really like to watch the races, and I like to see if I can find a horse that had trouble or a horse that should improve. Uh, because it got into a certain situation in a race. So I think as a handicapper, you need to learn how to watch the races at your home track, and that will give you an edge because there's things you can see with your eye that will never make it on paper. I would say that, that that's number one. Uh, number two is, you know, there's a reason why there's top jockeys and trainers. They, they do it better than everybody else. So hedge your bets with the guys with the better percentages. I mean, let's face it, you know, these guys, a lot of them are niche guys, and they have niche tracks that they do well at and they, they know that condition book like the back of their hand, I think that's very important. And then, of course, you know me, I'm a big uh, proponent of, of, of all the statistics that are available uh, through the daily racing form, and I, I just love looking at horses that have been running against winners, horses coming out of key races. So if I was to stop at three angles, and as you know, we could write a book about it, those would be the three. Simply put, but very, very important. And the one, two, threes from a long-time handicapper. And you know, here's the fun part. You know, we've uh, we've been handicapping so long uh, together that uh, actually we're starting to look like husband and wife here. Uh, Not look and- like. We might handicap that way. <laughs> There's no way we look like it, buddy. <laughs> but the time has come. The meat has flown by like a warm fo- summer's dream, and our signature races are upon. 
Johnny Boy, it is time to handicap Saturday at 425, the 11th race of the card. Six furlongs, two-year-old fillies. They take place for the Coca-Cola Bassinet Stakes. John, you're the guest extraordinaire. Lead us on for the Coca-Cola Bassinet. Well, just I think the overview of this race is that there, there are just angles galore in here. Uh, you've got two stable mates that are training great, that uh, obviously trained together uh, at Ellis Park last week, and both bullet worked, you know, so they hit the wire together. You know they're on top of their game. You've got the one-two finishers in, in the uh, Coca-Cola Bass and Up that are coming back, and they're the only two horses that have had a race over the strip. And our boy Perry Utes is up on the runner-up, who, by the way, was odds-on to win the prep, and they're wheeling that filly right back. Very interesting, and coming in off of bullet work. Then you got a guy by the name of Tom Amos. I hope he's got a TomTom system, because I don't think he's ever been to Cincinnati before. And it would be very interesting, the fact that uh, Tom Amos is, is uh, shipping in with a horse that's uh, been based in Chicago here, fiscal policy, uh, probably going to have to be the one to watch. you got you got uh, three of all these fillies have had graded stakes experience, so, you know, if you're looking for angles, you got them in the Coca-Cola Bassinet, Ed. You know, with one of the runners you touched on, that'd be the five. That's my top pick is fiscal policy. Four to one, Rick Stokes, who's had five starts, three of which are wins, which means he's winning 60% of the time. My favorite angle, second off of the poly track, both times the steerol filly by Wildcat Air has not disappointed. Well, one by four and a half lengths, and, but then on the poly, ran, ran a nice third. So I'm not going to say that that was a, a, a horrible race. Actually, ducked at the start and was pressed. But the last time out on the sloppy sealed track at Hoosier, where Tom Amos is holding court up there, I love the second off of the poly angle in a four to one. I think this filly should enjoy the uh, the foot that's going to be uh, lay out in front of her, and she should be able to pick up the pieces coming down the lane. So that's. That's my top pick there at four to one in wow. the fifty thousand dollar bassinet. Yeah, yeah. I, I pulled my PPs down a little bit earlier. I have no odds in front of me, and that is my top pick. You think about it. Here's a young two-year-old filly who uh, you noted is by Wildcat Arrow, stands for sixty-five hundred. Well, she sold for one hundred and forty thousand as a two-year-old in training. So you know that she's developed into a good-looking individual to move that far up off that breeding. Um, also, the fact that a young horse is odds-on both times when she goes to post. You pointed out she had an excuse in her first race. She ducked out. And the last race, what I liked is that she was really headed the whole way and actually gave up the lead at the half-mile pole, was able to relax enough, and then came back and drew off to win by four and a quarter lengths. I know she hasn't had a run over the strip yet, but I just got a feeling she's maybe just an edge better than the filly she's going to face on Saturday. And I know we're both looking at the same thing. If you look at the daily racing form, if you look at the distance number there, a 467 going from five panels to six should be no problem for this filly indeed. She so should. That is, uh, the interesting thing will be uh, this guy, John Hancock, who's going to come in uh, mm-hmm. with his guns loaded. He's got Internet Cafe, who ran fourth in the, in the debutante. He decided to pull out of the bassinet prep and instead sent the stablemate, Bach Hamilton, up uh, and who was a pretty impressive winner. It'd be kind of a neat story here, too. This horse is ridden by Amanda Tamborello. That win in the Bassinet Prep was only her sixth lifetime victory. She's a 33-year-old apprentice who started in Michigan and then was breaking horses in Florida. She's been at Ellis all summer. Uh, it would be a real feel-good story if this girl could get the job done. Agreed on that, and if... Uh... If anybody was on hand in for the prep, or if you actually uh, you know happen to catch it on uh, on any type of uh, rerun, 
that wasn't a very impressive race, but I'm still going to go with the four or the uh, four to one shot fiscal policy, and I like the boot of Rex Stokes. Uh, okay, John, we get four to one. Look for me to try to get, be getting a loan from you before the race. I the <laughs> it, it's both odd, hands. but but we have a little break between Saturday and Monday. We have a lot of big doings for Sunday with a big auction. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, the uh, we're going to have uh, the permanently disabled jockeys fund. Uh, silent auction there and items are still coming in uh windstar farm was nice enough to give us a halter from tis now who you know won the breeders cup classic twice was horse of the year and a leading sire so you know collectors would kind of be interested in that uh, and uh also there's not much mo- much more hotter thing in cincinnati than the cincinnati reds uh we believe we've got an autographed joey Votto baseball uh, we've got some original artwork from uh, Pat Lang Photography and long shot photos, uh, and it, it's it's, it's going to be just a you know fantastic event if you want to pick up some memorabilia. And for a great cause indeed. And that's going to happen on Sunday, John Monday, 5.37 p.m. on Mile and the 16th on the turf. The $100,000 Budweiser Select Cradle Stakes Race 10 on a beautiful card at the river. Well, I've already pointed out some of the really good horses that have come out of this race, and recent graduates have gone on to become good turf runners because uh, four years ago we elected to move this race uh, to, to the grass, and obviously trainers are aware of that. There's also now the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, so this serves as a good uh, stepping stone for it. Um, earlier this evening I had a conversation with a trainer, Tim Ham, who I believe has the horse to beat in here in Rustler Hustler. Uh, Tim Ham has uh, named three horses to the race. In addition to Rustler Hustler, he has Cat Sweep and Lesson Learned. All of them look like they got a big upside to them, but none like Rustler Hustler. And I believe Pablo Morales, another one from that Peruvian jockey school like Rafael Bayerano, uh, w- will be coming in. Um, Tim was, uh, as we say, uh, quietly confident talking about Rustler Hustler. Uh, he, he points out uh, uh, his race two back on July 23rd, where he ran against this 12-pack Shelly. Some of your listeners will know about this horse. This horse broke its maiden by 10, then was third in a grade three, then came back and won a $100,000 stakes race. Well, guess what? So did Rustler Hustler, who came back and won the $100,000 Cotillion Mile on the turf at Monmouth. How often, Ed, have we had a horse in the cradle that had already won going to route of ground on the grass? I'll tell you what, it just seems like yesterday you actually brought up the idea that Jack and Essien had all, and you talked about going onto the grass, and uh, that's when the Breeders' Cup was going to go two days, and in my opinion, I think that it's a wonderful shot for, for the babies. In there, John, you talked about Russell Hustle and Timmy Ham. I love Tim Ham's training, and the Steel Culp Acton Park really looks the part in the Continental Mile at Monmouth. I'm going to go with the horse that was actually a little bit less of a price on that day, but ran an even fifth, a nice effort, Masonic. Corey Lannery, and he loves to win at River Downs. I'm kind of surprised you uh, you let this one slip away just a wee bit, but your, your, your focus on Russell or Hustle is well-deserved. But it seems like Corey Lannery, correct me if I'm wrong, with the bassinet in the cradle, he actually fares pretty well. He has, I believe, in his career, only lost at River Downs once. And he's won the cradle and the bassinet twice. But, uh, you know, if you're going to give me a chance to take an exact horse in here, I, I was very impressed with the Budweiser Select Cradle prep winner, Awesome Attack, 
who's trained by Pat Byrne. Uh, he reversed his running style. He rallied big time his first time out. This time went wire to wire, was headed the whole way around, and then pulled off under Jesus Castanon, who gave up all his mounts at Arlington that day. And, Ed, he's drawn the hedge in here. This could be very, very interesting because Rustler Hustler has a closing, stalking kind of style, and I'm going to guess Awesome Attack's going to say, catch me if you can in this race. It's going to make for a great betting race. I mean, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got other angles. You've got, you've got equipment changes. You've got horses that look like they're dying to go long. It, it's going to be a fun race. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not dissing Masonic, and certainly Corey Lannery, you know, has an impeccable record at the river. But uh, I, I think it's Rustler, Hustlers, uh, and uh, Awesome Attack exacta. Awesome attack was the other part of my exacta. Take a look at the times, the three-quarter in the very first outing for this two-year-old Colt by Awesome again, 117 flat. I mean, that is a frozen clock there. And then comes back for 114 and 2 and takes the lead. One was a closing effort, one was the lead. So this is a very versatile two-year-old Colt. I really like that. And uh, Masonic uh, bested Awesome attack and I'm going to say that after I went back and took a lake, took a, a really good look at it, that Awesome Attack was really like gangbusters coming up, off slow in the late stride. Jesus Castanon is a very fine rider, and the rail was winning at about 20%. So I think I'm just going to take your horse and those two and just whipsaw it in a nice exotic. Yeah, Pat Byrne told me, too, after the race of Awesome Attack, he said, John, you've got to go back and look at this horse's first race. He just totally was you know, unglued and not into the race. The, the, the first part, he said there were horses, you know, you know these are two-year-olds, and, you know, they, they break like a covey of doves, as I once <laughs> heard a Kentucky trainer tell me. Uh, be, and he says the horses guess? were just all over the place. He had alter course, and, and he, he rallies from 17 links back to get the second spot. Can I guess who said covey of doves? Yeah. Is it Bernie Flint? No, it was not. Oh, I missed. I would have guessed Bernie Flint. Who was it? Um, I'm, I'm, uh, let's see. I, I pressed your feet to the fire there. You did. You did. He was an old-timer. He trained tall grass walker. <laughs> Come on, work with me here, baby. Okay. Um, you know what? You, you'll, you'll have it for the next time we have. Wiley. Oh. Wiley. Bobby Wiley. There you Bobby go, Wiley. baby. Bobby Wiley. Cause, I like cause, that. Because he once had a horse in a bassinet, and I said, hey, Bobby, you drew the outside post. Is that going to hurt you? He said, oh, John, he said, I'd rather be on the outside because when these two-year-olds <laughs> break from the gate, they break like a covey of doves. <laughs> I like that. Bobby <laughs> Wiley, good old hard boot there. And his son Jerry <laughs> went on to uh, train one of my first horses, Champagne Casey, named after my oldest son. Well, there you go, and I'm surprised it took you that long, but, hey, I knew you wouldn't stumble on that one. What, what can I say? I'm here with the aromatic potatoes, Collins, and jesting up <laughs> into my lungs and having a hard time concentrating. I, I hope I take them for you. Don't forget to bring them. John, <laughs> it's been a great summer, and as usual, it flew by, and uh, it's been a pleasure in working and handicapping with you all summer long. And on behalf of Winning Ponies, many thanks for all that you've done for us. And it's been a pleasure, as always, speaking with you. Good luck, and I'll see you at the races tomorrow, my friend. Okay, I hope your listeners tune in. It's going to be a great weekend at River Downs watching Scoot and Boot go for the record. And hopefully they wrote our picks down for these two races because I think we gave out some solid horses, Ed. Thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Been a pleasure. John Englehart.
Publicity Director, President of Turf Publicist, and he's making my potatoes Collins as we speak. Well, it's time to head into a break, and when we return, we're going to have our second guest of the night on, Mr. John Patrick McDoolin, and this guy, you're going to want to write him down in pen here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original program, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us. Just finished up with John Engelhart, longtime publicist of River Downs, turf publicist president, Photog, and he's making my potatoes count as we speak. Sounding very good. Now join us for the second half. 
is a man who's held many hats and many jobs at in racing, not just at River Downs. Daily Race Form columnist, Equibase chart caller. I'm going to say an announcer, a handicapper, and a good man for the sport, Mr. John Patrick McDool. And Johnny, are you there? I'm here, Ed. How's it going? It is going very well. You know, just chatting off the air, uh, when River closes, you find yourself where, at? Well, I guess I'm going to be at Turfway Park for uh, for their short meet. They uh, they didn't have enough people to uh, in the racing office, and so they called me and said, what are you doing? Can you help us out? And, uh, you know, I'm off for, I'm on vacation for Equibase for, uh, between River and Beulah, and so it fits in my schedule, and so that's what I, I guess I'm going to do that. Since I've known you, John, I don't think there's been a time where the word no has actually come out of your mouth or you actually haven't helped many people out. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're actually helping them, helping them out in a pinch in their fall meet here. John, you begin uh, your, your day in the racing office. You just alluded to Turfway Park. Uh, briefly, can you tell us what goes in? I mean, many people see the horses come across. I, I think they just think they just make their way over. What happens to put together a race? Well, you know, there, there's a there's a book. It's it's called the condition book, and there are races in there every day that the uh, racing secretary puts in there every day. And so, if you have a horse that fits a certain condition, um, you look at the condition book and say, okay, your horse is a never one two, and you know, be it allowance or claiming race, um, you look in the book and say, okay, th- this is where I want to put the horse. So. Um, on the day of the races, you call in and enter your horse, and it kind of works. You know, the, the the racing secretary's job is to know what kind of horses he has on the grounds, and you know that that race will fill. Um, not always does that happen. The, you know, uh, you get three or four horses in a race, and you know we got to make seven or eight or nine or ten races a day, however many it is, and. Uh, and so then that becomes part of the, the racing office job is to find horses that fit into that condition that maybe the, the trainer didn't think of or he missed it or he wasn't too sure. So then you kind of become a salesman, and you've got to call them and try to talk them into putting their horse into that race and explain to them why, you know, that's a good spot for their horse. So it's not like they all just fall together. I mean, there, there are sometimes, uh, you know, like, a turf race, a maiden turf race at River Downs. You you never have to call anybody because there'll, there'll be, you know, you can race ten or twelve, and there'll be fifteen or twenty enter. But you know, um, horses that haven't won one this year going long. It, you know, it, there's only a certain number of horses, and you'll have to call people and say, well, you know, your horse looks. Last time he ran, he you know he ran pretty evenly. It looks like he might like a longer distance. You know, maybe you should try him. So that's kind of the job of the racing office. To fill the races. With the many jobs that you do and and have done and, and continue to do, I have to say, uh, the many hats, which is your favorite? You know, uh, I, we talked about this before. When I was a little kid, I, I, I could not believe I was like five or six. And I, <laughs> I told my grandpa, I can't believe they pay that guy to announce the races. And, and pretty much what I do for Equibase is announce the races, except nobody gets to hear it. So, and there's a lot of paperwork, whereas the announcer, you get to, you know, you get to announce and um, there's no paperwork involved. And, you know, that, that I think being the announcer is the greatest job. My, my job is, is great because I get to work year round doing it. I get to watch horse racing every day. And, you know, the, the one bad thing about announcers is usually, you know, you're, you're just on a per diem type thing, whereas Equibase, um, 
you've got benefits and a year-round salary, and so it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, I, I enjoy announcing, but I enjoy working full-time year-round and having benefits, so, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of watching you do it. John will sit there with a little recorder, and he'll say, Five by three and a half, eight by four. Go back to the three. Go back, and he'll he'll give he'll break it down, and then uh, pause a little bit, stop, and then come right back. And then I'll watch him do it, and it just looks so effortless on his part. For me, I'd be in there sweating bullets, but I mean, <laughs> I watch how you do it. It, it you know, it, and you're watching the entire race, like you said, you're basically calling the race, but no one's able to hear you on that on that particular day. But then there have been many occasions where you have been heard. No, that that's true, but it's been a while, and uh, one of the one of the best things ever, uh, I, the Lake Luke Kreikbosch was uh, the announcer at Churchill. The, the two of us came up uh, pretty much at the same time. We announced at uh, Fair Meadows at Tulsa back, uh, gosh, it was like 1990 or something. That's where we both started, and uh, and so we've been we we had been friends for since uh, 1990 until his death, and uh, he came up to. Uh, to uh, Hoosier Park one night, and it was a short field, and he said, ah, let me call this race, let me call this race, and I said, okay, that's fine, hey, you know, do the Equibase, and he he tried to do it, and I'm sure there's nobody from Equibase listening, so it doesn't matter, um, but no, I, I, he, he screwed it up so bad, you know, he, he was trying to do it, and he screwed it. I, I had taped it and had to go back and do everything off the tape, because he had... He just totally massacred it. I, I think David Miller, uh, the chart caller now at uh, Chicago, still has a tape of that. But <laughs> he, he just couldn't believe how hard it was to uh, do the Equibase chart caller job. I, I, I concur, but but how easy he made it sound, especially when there were uh, 20 horses in the Derby. Spectacular yeah. race caller and greatly missed. Johnny, the state of Ohio has wished, struggled, and planned. Now the possibility of VLT slash Slot machines may come to fruition in the Buckeye State. If all goes as planned, how do you see the sport changing in the Buckeye State? Well, I, 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 it's going to go as planned, and, and the big reason it's going to go as planned is because now uh, of the three tracks, uh, Penn National and uh, you know the the two tracks, the track in at Thistle and the Bueller are both owned by uh, Casinos and Penn Gaming. And so. And, uh, yeah, so they've got the money to put into it, and I mean, there's no doubt it, it, it's it's finally going to be where it should be, mostly because of them. I mean, you know, I, I, we talked about before. You know, Jack's a great guy, and I like Jack. But uh, uh, speaking of Jack Canessi, and that that is the general manager of River Downs and part owner. But I mean, uh, you know, if you look at Indiana, Indiana, th- those tracks have t- two thousand slot machines each and their purses are in the 40,000s allowance races are in the 40,000s low 40s um i write for prescott downs and they have 2,000 slot machines and their purses are in the low 40,000s um they're talking about getting 2,500 uh slot machines at river downs uh, at the thoroughbred tracks here and so I, i can't see any reason why our purses wouldn't be higher um the only problem is uh, it seems to me that the Ohio State Legislature doesn't understand as much as Indiana and Pennsylvania understand that horse racing is a big part of the economy. Um, so hopefully, you know, the horsemen and horse racing will, will get as big a cut as they deserve and, and make them competitive with those two states around them. But, I, you know, there, there's no reason why 
you know, we, we Ohio can't be uh, in a better spot than Indiana, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, for that matter, um, if everything's done right. So I, I think it's a big step forward to have the casinos come in and, and people that know what they're doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Riverdowns, there's been several, as you know, several groups looking at buying Riverdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when that happens, there's no way that, you know, we're not going to shoot up where, where they should be in, in in accordance to where everyone else is around them. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed for the good and for the future. And speaking of the good and the future, John, we got ourselves a nice weekend of racing, and we started Saturday at River Downs, Coca-Cola Bass, and that $50,000 up for grabs. I believe everybody was hearing John Englehart and myself. We were chatting. Let's hear who you like in the sixth furlong event slated to go off at 425. Race 11, the Coca-Cola Bassinet. Well, you know, I listen to you guys, and, and I don't know. I I mean, I don't see how fiscal policy can get beaten there. Um, you know, you guys stated all the reasons. The horse has been working like a champ. I mean, she ran well. Uh, odds on favorite both times. Uh, you know, Tom Amos, the trainer. There's nothing bad you can say. Rex Stokes has won three of uh, five at Riverdowns. Um, you know, the, there's no reason to think that, that she shouldn't win the race. Um, John Hancock's got two of them, as you said, um, as both of you guys said. Um, you know, that looks pretty much it, you know. Um, pretty cut and dry. Short hmm. field, eight horses this year, you know, they cut the purse to 50,000. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see how fiscal policy can be, get beat. If we can only hope we lock it up at four to one. Okay, Johnny, we got three minutes left, and it is all yours, the Tenth of River. On Monday, Labor Day, it's the $100,000 cradle stakes a mile on the 16th on the Greensward. Yeah, once again, you know, John was right, rustler, hustler, uh, first time on the turf. Anytime, you know, the horse has only got a 242 Tomlinson rating, but he won one on the turf and is only out with a, with a uh, race-high buyer figure of 83. He's been working like, you know, he's been working great. You know, Tim Hamm with his young horses always has them ready. I, you know, I don't see any way in the world... That horse won't win. I mean, you know, it looks to me it's one of the few horses in the race with two wins. There's, uh, or maybe the only one. There's uh, no horses supplemented this year. Um, so, you know, once again, that looks like a pretty much given. It, it's uh, I I hate to say it. No, no, I don't get any, get any crap for this, but it's one of the besides that horse, it's one of the weakest. Uh, cradle stakes we've had in quite some time and you know me ed i i evidently don't have a filter so <laughs> you you, I, you know what that's what we like about your mac the filter is <laughs> off and the truth comes out and you know and you, you'll call it the way you see it and uh you know i do like wrestler hustle but i also like masonic and cory lannery and uh we talked about awesome attack but wrestler hustler you've got the mcdoolan stamp we've got it about two minutes johnny and we go to the 10th at saratoga on saturday the grade one woodward you know the wood. I, I'm not a chalk eater at all. And I, I think you know that, but I, I don't see how quality road gets beaten there. Uh, the horses got just, you know, got beat last time by blame. Um, it, it way way, the odds were way low, um, like two to five. He, he got beat ahead. Um, I, I don't think this time there's no speed in the race at all. Um, I expect him to go to the lead and, and not look back. Um, it's one of those deals where you just hook him up and uh, pick threes, pick fours. On Saturday, they have a uh, five hundred thousand dollar 
pick four uh, mm-hmm. guarantee. And so I think you use him, single him, and, and try for some long shots in the other spots to maybe uh, uh, you know make some money on the deal. It looks like a. We've got 30 seconds left in the. I jumped ahead. I went to the. We need to go back to the ninth race at Saratoga, the Forgo on Saturday, a Grade One event. You got about 30 seconds, Johnny. Well, once again, I'm not a chalk eater, but I think you take those two, the ninth and tenth. You take the one, one and one A. I don't know which they may or may not scratch one of them. Uh, and there's actually another horse in there. Been. Uh, those are Godolphin horses. There's another horse in there, Omnescent. Anytime there's a seven furlong race, I try to look for a horse that comes off a mile and a sixteenth or a mile, mile and a sixteenth, and it was pretty close to the lead. The six horse Omnescent. I think there's anybody going to upset. It, it's Steve Asmussen's Omnescent. Calvin Burrell gets on. The horse came from Monmouth, won the Majestic Light there by two lengths, was right on or near the lead, and, and that's kind of the horse I look for in a seven furlong race. It's going to be tough to beat the one and one A, but I think you got to use the six and pick threes and fours. Fair enough, Johnny. Well, time flies as we're talking thoroughbred racing. This week was no different. Until next week, Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank our two special guests, John Englehart and Mr. John Patrick McDoolin, and you for taking the time to join in. So be sure to enjoy this great weekend of racing action, and may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.